Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 122 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron. So pleased that you're here with me today. Today, I am talking with the marvelous Katrin Schumann, who is fabulous. I loved talking to her about the way we find the moments of bliss in our writing, um, where they come from, what they look like. Also, I'm reading her book right now, which you'll hear about when we chat, and I love it. And uh, it was just so awesome to talk to her. You guys are going to love the interview. She's delightful. What's going on around here? Well, hey, I have been sober for one year and one day. As I record this, February 21st, February 20th is my sobriety birthday. And um, I wrote a long post on it on my blog. You can see it if you just go to rachelherron.com. It talks about uh, how miserable I was this time last year. It was super high functioning. Nobody knew that I had a problem. You can listen to this show this time last year and not know that I had a problem. Um, I was managing to produce work. I didn't lose anything. I didn't hurt anyone except for myself. And I was just miserable deep down inside. So uh, getting sober has been literally one of the top three things I've ever done in my life. And it has changed everything for me. We've talked about it on the show before, um, but it is truly awesome. And yesterday I did just get to celebrate it. And I did really fun things like lay around and not write. I watched some terrible reality TV. I ate some food that was probably inappropriate. I've been eating really well lately, but yesterday I got me some donuts because on your birthday, you get what you want. And that was my sober birthday. So yeah, I had a really, really nice day. And I love having those days off where you're just slothful and lazy because I really did hit the ground running today. And I've had one of those perfectly balanced days, the ones where I slept till a good time, but still got up early instead of getting up at five. Like I usually do. I got up at seven 30, which felt really great, but I still just leapt into work. I got a ton of work done. I got a really long ramble with the dogs, followed by some yoga, followed by some yummy lunch. Um, I'm caught up on email. I'm working on the book that I need to be working on. I am starting to think about really plotting the thriller, although I'm going to be doing that more of that in the 90 days to done class, which has almost sold out. So if you're thinking about joining my 90 days to done, where we take a book idea of yours from start to finish, you finish the first draft um, in those 90 days, you can always go look at it at rachelherron.com slash 90, the number nine zero days to done. T-O done. So um, that's there, but I am going to be really plotting my thriller out in there with the other people who are plotting. So it's just kind of rolling around in my brain right now. Um, oh, I'm going to the Indie Uncon in San Francisco starting tomorrow. I went last year for the first time and it was really marvelous. I know I talked about it then, but basically a bunch of industry professionals get together in a room, 
You make a list of the things you'd like to talk about, like, you know, new AMS marketing strategies or email list management. And then basically you look around the room and see who has the most experience, who is the best at it, who's making the most money in X, Y, or Z category. And then that person gets up and talks and you ask questions and you do that for two or three days. It's a three-day thing. I think I'm only going to go for two days um, because I have some fun things planned on Sunday that I want to do, including hanging out with my sister, doing band practice, and <laughs> going to see a psychic that she booked. I did not book this. Uh, a medium, rather, named Cindy Keza. I don't know her name. Uh, and it's one of those things like you see on TV. I think it's a big room of people. It's in a comedy club. Uh and then she'll like pick up readings and feelings and talk to people in the room, which while this is my year of woo woo, I have to say that um, I don't buy it because if she came up to like anywhere near me and said, has someone's uncle just died? I think his name is Jack. And this person is involved in the pursuit of knowledge of words. Perhaps she is a writer. I wouldn't believe anything because she just hired somebody on Odesk to Google the names of the people in the audience. You could get my entire life story um, and she could use me. Now, if she says things to my sister, who is very, very private, that would be interesting, but it's going to be fun. So I'm doing that on Sunday instead of doing the Indian Con. And um, I think that's about it in terms of catch up. Thank you to new patron KJ Del Antonia, which is a very, very pretty name. Um, thank you for joining Patreon, being one of my patrons. You support the show. You support those essays that I love to write. If anybody's interested, you can go look at patreon.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And let's jump into the interview with Katrin. <laughs> she's so great. I'm her newest, biggest fan. So you get some writing done this week. Don't just listen to writing podcasts. Sometimes I am guilty of that too, but get some of your own writing done. Tell me all about it. And I believe in you. I know that you can do this, even though writing really sucks a lot of the time. When you get out of the chair, when you're done, oh, it feels good. So why don't you get you some of that? We'll talk soon. This episode is brought to you by my book, Fast Draft Your Memoir, Write Your Life Story in 45 Hours, which is, by the way, totally doable, and I tell you how. It's the same class I teach in the Continuing Studies program at Stanford each year, and I'll let you in on a secret. Even if you have no interest in writing a memoir yet, the book has everything I've ever learned about the process of writing, and of revision, and of story structure, and of just doing this thing that's so hard and yet all we want to do. Pick it up today. Well, I could not be more pleased today to welcome to the show, Katrin Schumann. Hi, Katrin. Hello. Oh, let me give you a little introduction. I'm so excited to talk to you. Katrin is the author of the novel, The Forgotten Hours, and numerous nonfiction books. She has been awarded fiction residencies from the Vermont Studio Center, the Norman Mailer Writers Colony, the Virginia Center for the Creative Arts. Schumann teaches writing at Grub Street in Boston and was an instructor in Penn's prison writing program. She lives in Boston and Key West, where she's talking to us from right now, uh, where she is the program coordinator for the Key West Literary Seminar. So... Welcome to the show. And what happens a lot is, you know, that publicists will send me the books in advance. And I basically 
skim through the book and, Mm -hmm. you know, so I can talk knowledgeably about it. And I started to skim through yours and darn it, I couldn't skim. (laughs) I am absolutely hooked in the Forgotten Hours. Um, It's Oh, that's such a compliment. It's exactly what I want to be reading right now. It's it's familial, dark. um, There's a there's a real uh, feeling to both the past past pieces and the present pieces and I'm just loving your language and I oh. and the New York setting and it's beautiful and it just came out didn't it like last week yes, or two it, weeks ago it, it did it came out on February 1st and this is your debut um, novel right so it's my first novel I had been writing for a long time so uh, I have surely gotten plenty of practice um, but this is my first uh, novel and it's really so exciting to have it out there in the world and to hear things like to actually hear you say that you couldn't put it down I mean obviously I that's what writers dream of and to have it actually come true it's pretty amazing and my listeners know that I don't spend any time reading a book I don't want to be reading if I'm not loving a book even though it's well written and wonderful and beautiful yeah if if I find a reason to put it down I do because there's too much to read in this world and I actually lost a couple of hours this yeah. morning when I should have been re- working I just I just said <laughs> screw work I don't want to work this morning I just want to read this beautiful oh, book so I love to hear that it's gorgeous it's gorgeous so I encourage listeners to go out and buy that but let's talk about your writing process because you do that combination like I do of writing and teaching and seminars and retreats. What is your writing process on an ideal day? So ideally, I would have a day that is not uh, too busy where I could spend a good chunk of time, maybe four hours Mm -hmm. is kind of perfect. Um, I have to be completely on my own. Unfortunately, I'm a total bear about that. I can't stand at all to be interrupted. So you're not a cafe writer. Oh, no, I I don't like working cafes. I like having my pictures around me and my sort of atmosphere and my books. I'm often picking up books and and reading them just in the middle, just to sort of inspire myself. Mm. I don't like to have music or noise around me. It's kind of fussy. My my husband was displeased um, when he started working from home. And I was like, you have to be quiet. You can't, you are not allowed to enter my room. You, you don't understand. It's extremely important to me. <laughs> so, you know, I can snatch writing to periods now. Um, I'm, I have, I'm working part-time, as you mentioned, at the Key West Literary Seminar. So I have a lot less time than I had when um, in previous years. And so I just try to be productive and sort of get down to it and, and not waste too much time dilly-dallying around. What are the what are the, um, some of the books that you dip into? Well, I have certain books, depending on what I'm working on, that uh, from which I draw inspiration. So, for example, there's a book by uh, Joanna Hershon called Swimming that I read many, many years ago. It came out a long time ago, but there's something about the way she introduces character that mm. I really love, and she transitions between a s- scenes very well, and I often fa- find that very clunky. Um, but so, for example, I also loved uh, Donna Tart, uh, the Goldfinch, uh-huh. because she breaks all these rules, yeah. and it was really nice to remind myself that you know I've got that inner editor saying, "Don't be cliche, don't use that adjective." Now you're being corny. And when I pick up a book like Donna Tart, where she's just doing whatever the hell she wants to, and I think achieving great things, that gives me confidence. I think that's what I, I've been loving about your book too is that. I think it's there's just a flavor that comes through when the author is having fun on the page and writing exactly what she wants to be writing. And I, and I, and I don't know if that's true for this book, but it certainly feels like yeah. that. 
Well, that's very nice to hear. It was not like that in the beginning. Um, yeah, writing this book was actually a, a really uh, torturous journey until the last couple of years when it started to be tons of fun. Um, so, you know, it's a difficult topic, obviously. Very difficult. Um, and I... Which is one of my favorite I, books to read and write. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And I struggled with how to make it compelling because I have this reluctant truth seeker. You know, my main character, she's sort of got her head stuck in the sand and readers are frustrated with her. And it's, you know, it's she's at a turning point in her life where she's kind of reluctantly searching for the truth. And it was really challenging for me to figure out how to make that interesting, you know, not to have a passive main character. Mm -hmm. um, and plot is not my strength, me my neither. great strength. Yeah. <laughs> But I tell you, once I had sort of figured out, once I understood the dual timeline, and once I really felt confident that I had managed to make the two timelines equally interesting, mm -hmm. then I started to really just have fun. And it was on that last edit when I was kind of shredding the book into pieces and putting it back together that I started to feel really playful again about writing. That's coming through. And I think that another thing that I love about it is that I have this, I have this love hate relationships with books and you've done it so well that whenever I get to the end of a setting scene, you know, like say I'm in the past, I get irritated that now I have to go to the future. And then yes. at the end of that future part, I get irritated that I've got to go back to the past. And that's the mark of a great book for me is that I'm irritated every time I need to. And I'm not saying you didn't do transitions beautifully because you, but because you did, but I'm so compelled by each each of yeah. those lines. So yeah, yeah it's interesting, because even though I knew that that would be a challenge for readers, I was so committed to trying to pull it off. I felt like I couldn't tell the story that I wanted to tell, unless I was really able to reveal what she saw, yes, and, and how narrow her perspective yes. was, how very limited it had to be because of everything, because mm -hmm. of her age and her expectations and, and her relationship. And, you know, all, all that you're yes. with Lake Union. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Who is your editor there? Jody Warshaw. Oh my God. I love Jody. She She's was my great. editor for uh, when she was at Chronicle for a memoir. She's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, she's really lovely to work did with. Did she help with part of that or was the that book was pretty polished? Pretty yeah. I have to say it was yeah. pretty polished by the time it got to, um, to Jody and, and various editors. Yeah. I had oh. done a lot of uh, work on it. I, I had known at one point that it wasn't working. And I was just so determined to to get it right that I had probably put in more work revising and 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 fiddling around with it than your average writer would do. I have a debut thriller coming out in um in July. I've never been published in thriller. Oh, and oh, wow. same thing. My agent and I worked on it so much that for the very first yeah. time, a book of mine like was handed, and the and the actual structural edit from my editor was. It took me three days. You know, it was, yeah. it was the best. It was, yeah. it's well, never happened before. A book like that, that's, that's a page turner, like a thriller. I mean, my book is not a thriller, but it, it does, it it's thrilling. supposed to have that quality, yeah. mm -hmm. the page turn. Yes. It just has to be kind of sharp. It has to, it has to be a well-oiled piece of machinery for it to work. So when um, you knew it wasn't working, how did you figure out, how did you, how did you figure out it wasn't working? Um, and how did you fix it? Was your agent involved or were there other yeah, editors so or? Yeah, it's kind of a funny story because I, I had a wonderful um, editor who I hired, uh, Judy Sternlight, and uh, we had a long discussion about the book. She read it very carefully, and she had lots and lots of feedback and thoughts, and none of what she 
she was suggesting to me really felt right. Mm -hmm. But after the conversation was over, I thought, well, you know, I have to have a plan. So I developed a plan and I talked to my agent about it. And she was like, "Mm, I don't know, that doesn't seem like it's necessarily going to work. So I was for 24 hours in total despair. And then the next day I was vacuuming and it just popped into my head what the solution was. And I understood that I, I had had my present day timeline in the wrong place. Oh, and, interesting. I, and I realized, and nobody had told me this, but somehow having this multifaceted conversation with people who were really digging deeply into the book and who were giving me suggestions that weren't quite working for me, somehow that helped me get to the point where I understood what I needed to do, what I thought I needed to do to make the book work. And I rewrote the whole thing. I rewrote 50% of it because the present day uh, oh storyline, <laughs> I pulled it forward to make Katie much younger oh. in the present day storyline. Oh, and it hadn't occurred to me at, you know, when I first conceived of the book. Um, but once I figured out that I needed to raise the stakes for her in the present day, it really changed the dynamic. So that feeling when you're vacuuming, of it dropping into your head and you knowing that it's right. I think that's one of the best feelings that there is in in writing. Oh my gosh. Have you read that book um, called rest? It's a nonfiction book by Alex Sujung Pang. And it's, and it's about the, it's about um, basically determined rest when we're doing something else like vacuuming or painting or something like that. And how the subconscious then puts those things together. It's a beautiful book, but um, yeah, that's, that's so cool. Thank you for sharing that. That's highly interesting. Um, What is the biggest challenge you face when writing? Well, my first challenge is always setting. I need, you know, I've grown up in multiple places and I I live somewhere where where I'm not from. I'm sort of an outsider wherever I go. And so for me, it's never really that obvious Mm -hmm. where I should set a book. Mm -hmm. And it's not until I've figured out where to set it that I can really go with the story and start any kind of writing. Um, So that's tricky, but, but, you know, fair really easy to overcome. Plot is something that I do struggle with. Um, I'm so character driven. I'm so internal. I, I care so much about what people are thinking that sometimes it's easy to forget that what they're doing is important too. But I will say that's another thing I'm loving about the book. I've just, it's just so nice to be fawning on you while I'm in the process of reading it because I keep, you know, as a writer, I keep taking apart what you're doing and you're so in them and showing the nuanced, um, varied feelings that they can carry from minute to minute. Mm. You know, Katie's feelings can can shift in just the slightest way and become something. It's just gorgeous. Gorgeous. Oh. So what is... <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Your day is, is brighter now. Um, yeah, what, is, yeah. what, is, what is your biggest joy in writing? Well, that moment when you're uh, revising something and you just feel it kind of coming together and you're able to put in those little details, those nuggets, yeah. and they don't feel like you're you know, shoving them in in order to prove that you did the research, but you just find the perfect spot for that tiny little oh, detail yeah. that kind of makes it sing. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't happen all the time, no, as, as you know, <laughs> but when that happens and when you're in that moment of flow, it makes just everything else worth it all the waiting and the disappointments and the you know persistence and trying so hard it, it just makes it all totally worth it it's the best high of all yes yeah. can you share a quick craft tip of any sort with our writers yeah, so I mean, this is a very simple thing, and, and many of your listeners um, and viewers might already know this, but when I edit, I, I edit online, first of all, that that's how I write on a computer, but I'll always print something out, but I will print it out in a different font. 
Mm. And that for me really sort of shakes up what my brain is expecting when I'm reading. And it allows me to look at what I've written um, with fresh eyes. Um, and I find it much easier to trim and add and do the kind of editing, the deep editing that I know is necessary when I've done that. I have done that. And I, I saw, I've never done this one, but I saw a girlfriend do it once. She actually prints it out on eight and a half by 11 in the landscape format, but prints it out as a book, like the width of a oh, book. Yeah. So exactly like as if she were reading like a mass market paperback. Yeah. It's, I just, I always thought that was brilliant and I've never done it. How, I also read on yeah. a Kindle sometimes. I do that. Because the, yeah, that, yeah, that, that will make my own work seem a little bit removed from myself in a way that helps me look at it um, objectively. And it's the way we normally read, or it's like, it's just the way I normally read is on my Kindle. Uh, probably mm-hmm. the, the majority of my reading is on my Kindle. So I am able to lose myself a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if listeners don't know, you can send a Word doc to your Kindle. You just have to find your Kindle address and that's in your Amazon settings. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the other e-readers have the same kind of thing. So when you are with other writers at a convention or, you know, at a retreat, what is the subject in writing that you are passionate about that you always go back to that you want to talk about? I, I always like to talk about productivity. And maybe it's because I struggled so much with this book. And for really quite a while, it was really, it was hard for me to write. Mm -hmm. And I just kept plowing through it. So I'd say for a long time, I was sort of this productivity sleuth. I always wanted to know everybody's little tricks and, you know, how they got the words flowing and so on. Um, But, you know, actually, I enjoy simple things. I just enjoy other people's successes now. Mm. I've been in this writing community and in Boston, I'm affiliated with Grub Street, where I mm-hmm. teach. Um, it's been such a joy to be in this wonderful, vibrant community and to start to see all of my friends publishing multiple books and to be going and finding their books in the bookstores and going to readings and just celebrating their successes. I just, I love that. I love going to bookstores and and facing out the books of people, you know, I like to go to the airport and go yeah. and, and see how many people I actually know in real life on the shelves. You know, yeah. when you're in the airport, I've never been in the airport, but that's a, that's a goal Sunday. <laughs> but uh, so what is the best book that you've read recently and why did you love it? So I tend to, I love rereading books mm-hmm. and I recently reread Madame Bovary, um, which was, uh, which a book that I read in French, um, in college. Um, and I hadn't read it for many years and I reread a, a translation of it by Lydia Davis, which is just so beautiful. Lydia I love Davis is that. amazing anyway. Yes. And I love, I love the description and the specificity of his writing. Um, but a more recent book that I read that's coming out in April is by Chip Cheek. Uh, he wrote a wonderful book called Cape May. Ooh. And it's this it just intriguing kind of slow boil of a, of a book that is subversive and you don't even really realize it until you're deep into it. It's kind of quiet and yet Ooh, powerful. Wonderful. Like your book. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to that slow boil. I have to hang up with you soon so I can get back to reading it. <laughs> so um, would you give us your, uh, um, number one, where we can find you online, and number two, kind of your elevator pitch of The Forgotten Hours? Sure, yeah. So you can find me. I have a website. It's just my name, katrinschuman.com. Um and uh, that's S-C-H-U-M-A-N-N.com. And um 
So the the one liner, I guess, for the book would be it's a story about a young woman who's trying to uh, remake her life in New York City uh, right at a time when her father is being released from prison for a crime that she doesn't believe he committed. And she has to struggle with figuring out uh, whether or not he's the man she thinks he is. And it tells the story in two timelines, the night that went badly awry when she and her best friend were 15 and then the time uh where her where her father is getting out of prison and she's trying to figure things out it's so good it's so good it's so good (laughs) thank you katrin so much for being on the show it's been delightful to talk to you and it's been wonderful talking with you i hope the book just flies from the shelves so thanks so much rachel take care bye Bye bye-bye thanks so much for joining me on this episode of how do you write You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.